welcome to this week's edition of Hitting the Headlines with me, the headline maker, Kirk Cooper. Thanks very much for everyone that's been listening and watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, iTunes and whatnot, and on the SWM network as well. Uh, we are fast on the way to that 300 listens before WrestleMania, so thank you for everybody that's been clicking on that. This week, I really hope that you enjoy the click that you've made to be watching me right now, as my guest this week is the lovely Debbie Kaitel. Debbie has got such a storied career from being in Japan, living in America, coming back over to, to Ireland, wrestling up here for PWU, uh, wrestling down south for lots of companies and at NXT UK. And if you want to hear her talk about all of that kind of stuff, there's a lot of podcasts to do that on, because this week we are purely hitting the headlines. So without further ado, I'll get Debbie on. And here she's coming now. Debbie Kaitel, welcome to Hitting the Headlines. How are you this evening? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am not too shabby at all. Thank you very much for joining me as we look back uh, at the last week's headlines in wrestling and have a wee bit of discussion about yourself, about your wrestling career uh, and everything that you've been getting up to over the last wee while there as well. So have you been keeping up to, to date with a lot of wrestling over the, the last wee while uh, in your own life? Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, you know, you, you kind of hit the wall sometimes and you just kind of want to take a break and uh step away from it for a little while but I've been watching a lot of AEW and kind of catching up on the likes of NXT UK um, and yeah just start slowly getting back into it again. Good stuff good stuff well AEW seems to be the right place to start for this uh, as this week's first headline is a bloody good bout. Britt Baker <laughs> and Thunder Rosa lit up the women's division with the lights out match in last week's AEW Dynamite but what made it such a well-deceived match was it the violence the visuals or the overall storytelling? So for you, Debbie, what were your thoughts initially uh, on uh, last week's uh, main event on, on all elite wrestling where Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa just knocked seven shades out of each other for half an hour? <laughs> um, I think it was incredibly progressive for, for something like that to appear um, on national television. Um, I've never in my life seen uh two women compete in a hardcore match on tv um where there was so much um like you said violence blood it was it was extremely extremely hardcore and um when i was a kid i'd watch these matches like hardcore matches with like rob van damme and uh you know other people and i'd always wonder like oh how come the women can't take part in this like what's what's wrong with the women mm. like you know when are they gonna um get their time to shine so like i'm in my 30s now and this is the first time i've ever seen something like that happen and i think you know, being a, a female competitor, I hate to kind of look at wrestling and separate it from men's wrestling to women's wrestling, but I really do genuinely think that that was so progressive for AEW. And, you know, to have it on national TV for people to watch and, and for it not to, for the cameras not to shy away from the blood mm. or to try and cover up angles, like it was just all raw. It, it, it's ex like, it, it was incredible. Like, and the storytelling mm. throughout that, like you can tell both competitors went out there and they were like, whatever happens, happens, but we're going to do, put on the best match on the card. And they really did. It was incredible. It was, and you know, on last week's episode, I was discussing this with, with Molly Spartan as well about uh, women getting more of a, a shot at main eventing, uh, not just uh, weekly television shows, but pay-per-views as well. And with AEW's women's division, they maybe haven't had enough star power as such to get to that level so far. But I think last week, 
it definitely showed that they, they have got the bones of, of, a, of a women's division. They're not only uh, with Britt Baker and Thunderdoza, but with a lot of the Joshies that they're, they're bringing in as well. Uh, do you think that being a hardcore match, do you think that that maybe, given, given them that platform at the, the top of the bill, do you think it would have been better served to have the, the women having, you know, a straight up regular kind of wrestling match as opposed to something that was so gruesome and so violent in parts? I think because, I mean, they've had an ongoing feud, they've been kind of interfering in each other's matchups and stuff like that. The fact that Britt Baker is signed and Thunder Rosa isn't signed to the company, she's still signed with NWA. So the fact that like, it's almost like it, it had to go that far, it had to be hardcore, it had to be, mm -hmm. you know, all guns blazing to prove that like Thunder Rosa does belong in that company, but also to show that like Britt Baker is a threat and she's not just, you know, a stereotypical heel. She really mm -hmm. is like a valuable member of that roster. And I think the two of them together, I just, it was fire, it was, it was amazing. Were there any spots in the match or any moments in the match that, that you think would, would give it that iconic status? You know, we're all used to seeing, you know, the the, the pictures of Cactus Jack from many of his hardcore matches, mm -hmm. uh, the stone cold visual of the, the Crimson Mask running down his face. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Was there anything that stood out to you from that that you think will we'll kind of live on for years to come? I just think, like, I think Lance Storm touched on this on Twitter recently, um, when uh, Bobby Eaton was take, uh, jumping off the top rope into uh, a knee drop. And he said, you have no idea how hard it is to lie there, know that's coming and not flinch. Mm. And what really stood out for me is, you know, obviously, you know, you can't control everything that happens in a ring, especially in, in the likes of an ODQ or a hardcore match. So the fact that, you know, they realized they were bleeding they realized that, you know, oh, I'm actually really hurt here. I'm actually, there's something wrong. And they did not flinch. That is dedication to their characters, to, to the show and to the feud. And I just think like the fact that those pictures are out there and they didn't flinch. They, they you know, Britt Baker looked into the camera, the blood was dripping down her face. And it, it was that, it was the Stone Cold Cactus Jack moment where I was like, mm -hmm. oh, she's a bad bitch. And like, <laughs> you know, it, it, was, it was iconic. It was amazing. The, the the bit they got me was the the power bomb onto the thumbtacks. Uh, yeah. You know, we're used to seeing power bombs and whatnot, and even with, with the fellas when when they're getting power bombed onto tables and, and whatnot, they're going from quite a height. They're going from you know usually around about you know six six and a half feet and down. But with the women, because there is such a they're a lot shorter. That mm -hmm. impact is coming a lot quicker, a lot harder, a lot heavier. Uh, like I, I, I went so hard that I fell off my couch uh, when I was watching it. It was just, you could just feel like every one of those thumbtacks going in. It was, it was, it was some sight. Absolutely. Even the, the the finish as well. The way that the Brit Baker kind of recoiled when the when she broke the table because she was all caught up in it. It just yeah. obviously that that was, you know circumstantial of what happened it was, probably yeah. wasn't meant to happen that way but it just made it look even more badass I, I was just very very impressed with it and yeah. then in general with the the AEW women's division as we mentioned earlier on they've bringing over a lot of Japanese talent the likes of Mahito, uh, Rio and Rayo uh, and a, a lot more of them you've also had experience wrestling in, in Japan yourself are you so happy to see a lot of Japanese wrestlers now getting the, this worldwide platform that they might not necessarily be getting. Absolutely. I mean, 
I, I, I met Emmy Sakura when I did a training session with Pro Wrestling Eve years ago. And uh, she invited me over to, to train with her. And I had only seen, um, you know, little bits of her here and there. There wasn't a huge amount of stock on YouTube or, you know, the usual places you go looking. And um, I remember when I was over there and I was training with her, like she was just so highly respected. And, you know, to finally see her get the platform she deserves, like it's just it's so wholesome because she really is like a queen she's just she's such an amazing person and the likes of Maki Ito who's been hidden you know within DDT for so long um and now people are finally seeing that like you know there's more to wrestling than you know strong styles technical like there is like a lot to be said for that kind of comedic performance mm -hmm. as well and I think the minute she showed up in an AEW like she was just a star from the get-go yeah, she's been a breath of fresh air for, for the division and for the, the show as well. You know, I, I watched a bit of Elevation uh, the other week there and just just the way that she presents herself, you know, there's I think there's an argument that there should be a lot of seriousness attached to wrestling these days because it has gone so far from how it was in the olden days. But just having a character like that to come in, just be larger than life, although she's so small, you know, be so out there and wacky and zany. It just AEW does seem to be the the right fit for her in the, in that regard. Mm -hmm. Like I think th there's a lot to be said for that. Like when people think that you know wrestling should be serious and you know you're emulating a fight. At the end of the day, you know, like if you have someone who who's like. I don't know, like so, like a, a, the class clown or something like that gets into a fight. He's still going to be himself and he's still going to like, you know, if he gets attacked, he's still going to fight back. Like that kind of stuff shouldn't really be, you know, the reason behind a wrestling match. Like at the end of the day, your, your character is who you are and you can still fight and beat someone like with a personality. So I always think that when people go back to the whole, it should be serious. And it's like, well, if we're all serious, where's the entertainment part? Yeah, You know, it's sports entertainment. Sure, you know, when push comes to shove, you have you have to be able to wrestle. You have to, you know, have, have the basics. You have to be able to do this and that. But to, to say that it has to be serious and you can't have a personality or, you know, I just I just think that's all ridiculous. And I, I think that's pushing people into a corner or backing people into a corner. And then, you know, who stands out then, you know? So yeah. um, obviously, like when push comes to shove, it is a fight at the end of the day and um, it should be realistic and it should um, appear to be that way. But I would never, you know. I would never stop someone from being able to showcase their personality or their character. That's what got them there, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what it is, you know, as British wrestling fans or the Irish wrestling fans and whatnot, we've grown up on the larger than life characters, you know, particularly myself, you know, I, I was brought up on early WWF stuff. So you had Hulk Hogan, Brits the Barber, Beefcake, Doink the Clown, all these kind of, you know, cartoonish characters for want of a better word and I think Maki Ito she is she's just like a little manga sort of thing a little anime doll just going off uh, yeah. and most importantly making a name for herself and although that's that comes with the the negative side of it which we've seen in the last week where her Twitter's been hacked or she's had to delete it and whatnot it does come with that but it's all about you know rolling with the punches and making sure that you know people know that it is a character and behind that character that is a, a real person uh, absolutely and I think that's where people kind of fall flat almost is that they you know at the end of the day like if I if I'm watching a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio 
Um, I like the character. I don't know Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. I don't know who he is behind the scenes, but I'm not going to, you know, I would never go out of my way to attack the person. But I didn't like the movie. I didn't like the movie, but that's nothing to do with what I feel about the person behind it. You know, yeah. that kind of way. It's, it's weird. I was having a discussion the other week there, you know, because Jim Cornette is arguably the biggest proponent of, you know, <clears throat> going after wrestlers personally character wise that kind of thing and I was thinking to myself is there a Jim Cornette somewhere for Coronation Street or these standards <laughs> you know someone that just goes on their own platform every week and just you know rips into Cat Slater or that Chris that plays her ripping up the shreds about the, the, the part she's playing she shouldn't be doing this she should be in these storylines or is that just something to do with wrestling is it just because wrestling is is the realm that we're in are we only aware of that kind of stuff yeah I, I mean this is the thing about wrestling any sport any form of entertainment is you know these people that are playing characters the characters and you know could be amazing and could be incredible and you know you can respect someone for their talent they could still be a terrible human being oh, but yeah. you know we shouldn't know anything about the the human behind you know the character you know if I'm a fan of X-Pac I'm a fan of X-Pac I'm not a fan of Sean Waltman you know mm. sure Sean is lovely but I tuned in to watch X-Pac and that's all I care about you know that kind of way yeah. so I mean I'm sure there is a, a Jim Cornette somewhere for Coronation Street <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it comes with all aspects of entertainment I think people just like to have something to say Good stuff, good stuff. Well, we'll move on to the next headline uh, here, Debbie, uh, which is related to th this weekend's Fastlane pay-per-view. And that headline is Brian Reigns on Edge's Parade. WWE Fastlane ended with Edge snapping and Roman tapping, but with DB taking the pin to set up an alleged three-way WrestleMania main event. Does adding Daniel Bryan into that match diminish Edge's Royal Rumble victory? So... I, I really don't think so. I mean, the fact that you have three people who were told, you know, your careers are over, mm. you know, that's the end. And then just, you know, to take the time away and, you know, heal and, and you know, be given that opportunity to come back. Like, I, I'm already getting goosebumps about it. Like, these three people have worked so hard for, for this moment and they all have the same story. You know, you have the vet, you have the technical wrestler and you have, you know, the sports entertainer, the Haas. So it's three mm -hmm. completely different styles, three completely different characters and people. Um, but they all have the same motive. You know, this is their chance this is, and it could be their last chance. So I just think there's going to be so much excitement around that. There's been a lot of talk of the the addition of Daniel Bryan into the match though. And that, you know, because there has been such a long protected story from, you know, the Royal Rumble till now, that the, the story was going a bit cold between Edge and Roman, but they've brought Daniel Bryan in to heat that up, much like mm -hmm. they did, you know, uh, a few years ago with the, the whole Batista and the Orton stuff. Do you think that that says a lot about WWE's faith in Daniel Bryan, that he can pull these storylines back up to where they should be? Or is it an indictment on the creative side of things at WWE that they're having to rely on bringing other people in to, to heat up their feuds? I mean, obviously, like, 
I'm sure riders weren't prepared for to be stuck in a pandemic and to be working with, you know, only a select group of people and stuff like that. So, I mean, we don't know, are they writing, you know, months ahead, weeks ahead, you know, are they on the fly at this stage? You know, I think adding Daniel definitely, you know, spices it up um, and almost, you know, I was excited for uh, Roman versus Edge, you know, WrestleMania yeah. moment. But adding Daniel Bryan in, I just think he's the ultimate baby face. Um, and at the end of the day, like, you know, Edge will get his WrestleMania moment. We don't know if he's going to stick around. So why not Why not build someone else up um, back into, into that storyline, into the main event storyline? You know what I mean? So um, I, don't, I don't think it was a case where the writers panicked and said, oh, we better put someone in here just to liven it up because it's mm -hmm. kind of progressing for a little bit too long now. But I definitely think it adds just like that a little bit more tension to, mm -hmm. to the overall feud because now like we have you have the likes of Roman did tap out to Daniel Bryan. Edge and Care came in with the chair. Like there's just so much drama. So I, yeah. I do think it'll be very interesting. I think that that's the lasting thing uh, from the, the match for me was that visual. Again, going back to the visuals of the woman tapping. Because there, yeah. there, there's no, there's no doubt, there's nothing that you know Paul Heyman can come out and say now that you know it was a travesty, blah blah blah, it was a fix or anything like that. They've got that visual, and the way that it was just the, the camera was just so zoomed in on it for so long, gets the tap, and then you just hear the thwack edge coming yeah. into the chair and taking out Daniel Bryan. It's, it's been something that Roman Reigns has daily, daily exceeded in since coming back is the storytelling has matches, whether it's been. You know, because of the, the lack of crowd, he's been able to be more vocal in the matches. Mm -hmm. But he's the only brought out this new range of emotion and acting mm -hmm. and whatnot. And, you know, it's just, it, it amazes me that they, they change in him. Like, since before these illness and since before that, it was very much, you know, a, a creator wrestler, in, in my mm -hmm. opinion. It, it, it was good, and he had the character, and but it was just there was that, that wee thing missing, that connection. Mm -hmm. But the work that he's done, whether that's as a result of, you know, taking stock of everything that was going on in his life and wanting to make the most of it, whether he's got magic new teeth that have just given him this absolutely brilliant acting ability now, I don't know. But for the first time in a long, long time, probably since the, the Shield first came in, this is the first time I've been properly invested uh, mm -hmm. in Reigns there. And you, absolutely. And I think as well with the pairing of Paul Heyman, I mean, you know, with someone like that, you put you put a talker with someone who'd be kind of relatively, you know, quiet, kind of lacked the emotion we, we kind of needed from them. But after a while, you know, that, you know, Paul's really kind of helped him bring out of bring him out of a shell. You can see he's grabbing the bike more. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not relying on Paul. I think as well, like you said, like he had the time to evaluate his career. What can I change? What can I do? Like even when I was watching Fastlane, um, I noticed even in the ring, like he was so vocal. Like you could hear him, like, and it was like what he was saying was very, like that, that. There was the emotion and kind of what we were looking for all this mm -hmm. time. But you put him in with someone experienced like Paul Heyman. I mean, of course, you're 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 going to grow. Yeah, it's been absolute gold. And on the other side of that as well, you've got Edge. He's came back at the uh, Royal Rumble last year. He's been a face for the last you know twelve or so months. But everyone wants Dickhead Edge. Everyone wants the the vindictive, the, the opportunist edge. And that's what we brought back. That's what was brought back in Sunday night there. And again, it ties back in with, you know, building Daniel Bryan as the face again. I think it's, yeah. it's probably going to be the highlight of WrestleMania weekend, uh, in my opinion. Uh, 
all this uh, the, this whole melting pot of stuff that they've got going on. Now, another thing I was going to, um, you know, relate to this one with you there, Debbie, Deb as well, is you mentioned earlier on about how it's, it's three guys that have come back from career-ending injuries. You know, it did end the careers of, of two of them. It, mm -hmm. it paused the career of one of them, and now we're getting a, a WrestleMania main event, uh, which we could only have imagined on, you know, W uh, 2K21 uh, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you've been you've been by the side of one of your best friends in wrestling, Katie Harvey, who had a similar you know career threatening injury, and you've seen you saw her come back before the pandemic and, and reach the the heights of the OTT Championship again. How how hard was it to to be a, a friend to, to Katie at that time, or, or how how did your friendship you know develop or, or blossom as a result of that injury that she had and getting her back to where where she rightfully should be. Um, when that happened, um, I remember the moment it happened and it's so funny because Katie was the person that taught me how to cover up mistakes or, you know, how to work on the fly if something goes wrong and you need to cover it up. So when, when that happened, I covered her straight away and I picked her up in a full Nelson and I said, I'm going to put you out the back. And she was like, I couldn't move. And I and she was like, she was like, just just you know, continue, continue. So like you you just kind of just go blank and but you remember that you're it, it's still a fight, you know. So we continued, mm -hmm. I grabbed Raven and we, we ran a spot and stuff. But I remember the whole way through that match, all I kept thinking of is like, I'm like, you know, I I I don't think I want to wrestle ever again. If if I could take away you know, or be responsible or, you know, be a part of why someone is injured, you know, it really, mm. really messed up my head. And I remember going backstage and, and Katie had been brought back to the hospital. I literally didn't even change out of my gear. I just put my jacket on and I got in a car and I went straight to the hospital and I stayed with her all night. Um, to watch her come back, it was honestly just incredible. I was more so afraid to touch her or to lock up with her in case I hurt her again. Or like if mm -hmm. I, you know, if I jigged to the wrong way or, you know, you know, I was more nervous than she was. She was just raring to go, like, which was incredible. Like she was so inspiring the whole way through. She had like all these lists of her goals and her weekly goals. And like something could be like as, as small as like, you know, I'm going to pick up a spoon and feed myself. Like, and when I think of that, like I just, I just get very emotional because I actually had to feed her in the hospital when I was going to visit her. Yes. Um, to see her just you know she fucking got in, in in unbelievable shape she was down training you know she knew what she could do she knew what she couldn't do she knew if she overexerted herself that it could be another two weeks rehabbing so she just she was in she had the most positive mindset and I always say to her like if that had been me I just don't think I would have come back mm. and if it wasn't for Katie I actually think I would have left wrestling because she, she she was more upset that I wanted to leave because of what happened over what actually happened. You know what I mean? And look, accidents 100% do happen and I take full responsibility um, for it. And, and we talk about it all the time and she she's cracking jokes about it and I'm still like very sensitive about it. Yeah. But um, yeah, to watch her come back and to get that moment in the stadium with with that crowd with like over nearly 3,000 people and to hear the crowd for her when she won that belt and to be a part of it as well 
oh, it was just amazing. You couldn't make those moments up. And that's that's as a as a wrestler and as a wrestling fan, that's what we live for. We we live for those moments. Now I'm going to take a wee moment here just to do a wee ad break uh, before we get on to the, the final headline here. Uh, I don't have anything silly prepared like I normally would this time. It's just it's an actual advert this week. Uh, on the this podcast also goes out on the Scottish Wrestling Network uh, over in Scotland. Uh, Billy Strachan, who has uh, charged me with getting 300 listens uh, for his network before WrestleMania, uh, he I was he invited me on to his podcast the other night there where we chatted about all sorts of stuff there in wrestling, podcasting, journalism, dinosaurs, lots of different stuff. And that's going to be coming out, I think, the 30th of April, that one. But for anyone that is on the SWN on the that's listening to the Scottish Wrestling Network podcast, if you want to find out more about wrestling on this side of the the I was going to say border there, it's not a border, this side of the sea, uh, then there is a great podcast on the Woblos Network called Yup the Tuck, which Debbie uh, yourself you've been on in the, the past few weeks. So if you want to hear more of an in-depth uh, look at Debbie's career in Japan, NXT UK, and over here in Ireland get on to that. There's also a great interview with Phil uh, Boyd, the, the man that runs Fight Factory in Dublin at the moment. Uh, that's the, the most decent one. It was a great listen. Uh, he has got lots to say on a lot of things on that podcast. And again, relating it back to myself, as I always kind of do, watching Phil against uh, Nick Aldis at one of the PWU shows when I was first getting into the, the industry, that was something that really lit a fire under me to, to get involved more and step in the ring myself, See, seeing a guy like Phil, as well as the likes of Justy and Tim Steeden that night. Those are the three guys that, that I looked at, and although they have got a wealth of wrestling experience among them, seeing that the, there were guys that were built probably around about the same as myself, it kind of said to me, you know, you could you could step in the ring and you could do some of the stuff that these guys have done. Obviously, I don't have the, the years and years of travelling the world and going to France and getting caught naked in various different places, <laughs> like Phil uh, like Phil the Guild on uh, uh, Dom Talk's podcast. Uh, but if you do want to hear about that kind of stuff from, you know, Irish and Northern Irish wrestling, uh, then Yup the Talk on the Logos Network is a great podcast to listen to if you're sick of listening to this one. Now, we will get on to the next uh, headline, uh, which is to do with a famous couple in WWE, and that is Flair and El Idolo's future endeavours. Now that Andrade's WWE tenure has come to an end, and Charlotte Flair is reportedly set to miss WrestleMania due to a positive COVID-19 test, Debbie, how do you see things panning out for that couple post-WrestleMania? I mean... <laughs> Uh, I don't think I don't think Charlotte needed Andrade to get ahead. I don't think Andrade needed Charlotte to get ahead. Um, it, it, it's actually it's quite you know I suppose normal for couples to not work for the same companies. Um, in my case, you know myself and my partner Justy, um, we work separate shows majority of the time. We're mm -hmm. rarely on the same show together, and um, we both prosper and, and and thrive in our own space and in our own paths and directions and stuff like that. Um, Charlotte is a star. Uh, I have no problem saying that Charlotte is the best wrestler. Um, of I suppose my my generation. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think she's an absolute star, and I don't think, um, 
her relationship I suppose should have any say over her career and the same with Andrade I mean he he has so many options whether he wants to go to Mexico Japan you know stay in America um I think either way you know their relationship if their relationship is strong and uh and they they're both happy for each other to move on in different directions then I don't see why they that wouldn't work well, I mean, that, that's something we, we spoke about Britt Baker uh, earlier on. She's obviously at the, the peak of All Elite Wrestling just now, and her partner, Adam Cole, has been doing great things over the NXT for, for many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it does show that, you know, partnerships that, that have developed uh, through wrestling, they, they can prosper going in those different directions. For the, the immediate future for Andrade, you know, obviously all signs are pointing to, to Cody's ear. Uh, as the as the gif always seems to pop up at this time, uh, do do you think that all elite is uh, a a probable destination for them, or do you think he's going to link up somewhere down the line with Zelina Vega, whether that's all elite Impact or, or even Japan or Mexico? Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't know. I'm sure he's not short of offers. Um, he's extremely talented. Um, just you know, maybe it might be time for him to take some time out. You know, the offers will be there. He's extremely talented. Um, I see him probably venturing out of uh, the States for a while, whether that would be, you know, going back to Mexico or, you know, the likes of Japan. There's so many opportunities out there. Um, he's definitely not going to be stuck. But if he was to go to the likes of AEW or Impact, I really, I genuinely think he'd be a, a, a great member for the, for the roster. He's definitely a top talent. I uh, for the for the a short while uh, at training. I never got to do it on any shows, but I, I had borrowed his uh, double underhook DDT, uh, his hammerlock DDT rather. Uh, I was going with that, and then uh, Bobby Diamond from last week's podcast stole that off me. Uh, so oh. I then had to find. <laughs> as happens, as happens at training. Uh, but with, with with Charlotte, obviously she missing out in WrestleMania. If it is true that she is going to, that is a, a big blow considering. They were kind of building towards that uh, most recently. She's obviously got a TV show uh, that's going to be coming out and she's making more and more TV appearances. Do you think that Charlotte could possibly take some time out after Mania and then make a real go of it on television or in Hollywood, much like the likes of John Cena, The Rock, Batista have, have done? Absolutely. Like, I know, I suppose the last time this kind of came around was like when we were watching the Bellas how they kind of went from you know the wrestling to Hollywood and started featuring in movies and stuff like that but you know very few women have gotten to you know The Rock or the John Cena where you break Hollywood and you're in blockbusters and stuff like that I think someone like Charlotte could definitely do that she just has a presence about her um, and I think she has a kind of an old school mentality where you, you you know you're dressing for an event you're not showing up in sweats you know you're you're going to do media so you're going to look your best you're going to put the effort in and I just think she's someone that you know she obviously you know wrestling is her life and everything like <clears throat> that but she's definitely someone that's thinking about what happens what happens next you know yeah cool cool now closer to home uh, you mentioned uh, earlier on in your answer there uh, about you and uh, your partner Justy uh, obviously, you are uh, Irish wrestling's golden couple, if you don't mind me saying that. You're, you're the, the, the aspirations for, for many uh, couples across uh, the, the wrestling scene here in, in Ireland and Northern Ireland. But what, what is it like being two wrestlers that, that are cooped up together, 
living your gimmicks and living your real life together. How, how does that dynamic play out for you guys? Um, Justy is the same um, in the ring as is outside <laughs> of the ring. Um, always full of life. Um, I'm actually kind of, I suppose, more reserved, a little bit more quiet. So it is a, it is a good home balance. Um, you know, he's always wanted to kind of pull me out of my shell. And, uh, you know, if I'm being... I'm in a mood he sure tries to cheer me <laughs> or make it worse um but uh I think I think we have a we have a good combination I mean you think if you go out with a wrestler that you're just going to be at home watching wrestling all the time yeah. not the case we're both very good at you know keeping that separate and keeping it out of um out of their relationship and stuff like that so you know to me you know I I, I am in a relationship with a wrestler but that it's it's not like i'm in a relationship with the justy that you see yeah it's very um, it's very much peter and, and katie as opposed to just and debbie then yeah yeah definitely yeah um yeah we we definitely have our day and time and stuff like that again uh, that's good as well because like i was like my, my wife she takes a passing interest uh, in the wrestling uh she has a, a massive crush on a man uh, that you might know very well mr fergal devitt uh, she a few years ago she was regularly sending me pic, uh, WhatsApp pictures of him uh, <laughs> in various uh, in various poses and whatnot, uh, which kind of like got my arse in gear to to start working out a wee bit more. But more recently, our relationship's been more like the 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 meme uh, of the the guy talking to the girl in the club, and she's got absolutely no interest in what he's saying. But but I'm I'm babbling on about you know the fiend. Uh, the fiend coming back from being burned alive, that kind of stuff. So it's very much like that uh, in our house. Although my, my wee girl, she's she's starting to get a, a hang for the, the wrestling and understanding yeah. stuff. She, she understands what a heel in her face is now. So we've managed to bring that dynamic in and she can uh, put a quite a mean arm bar on me. Uh, oh, uh, when, we're, when we're wrestling in the bed. So so we're, we're keeping it in the family, but obviously, you know, that's because it's it's one thing that, that I'm into that the rest of my family's not into that I would like them to be. But as you guys, you've got that dynamic where, you know, you've got your own relationship outside of the ring, which yeah. uh, is, is great to see. And obviously that's dubbed off on, on a lot of other people, obviously Katie Harvey and Phil Boyd, Aoife Valkyrie and uh, LJ Cleary as well. Uh, you know, the, the, the list of relationships through wrestling is, is massive. And I think that that's, it, it's testament to, to the, the power of, of wrestling and that it can join people in that way. Yeah. Kind of blathering on there. Uh, but anyway, we will crack on to the final section of the show, which is the and finally. And I would be amiss uh, to not bring up you being the woke queen or one half of the, the woke queens, Debbie. Uh, and from seeing your, your Twitter output over the, the last year and, and from seeing your shows and whatnot, it's very clear that you have opinions on a lot of things. So we're going to play a wee game, uh, which I have originally titled Woke or Broke. But I'm going to run through a list of stuff and you, all you need to do is tell me if that thing is woke or if it is broke. And if you want to discuss anything about anything that I say, then just let me know. So I'll pull up my list here. Where is it? So, the first one, wrestling in Japan. Woke. Wrestling in Dublin. Woke. Wrestling in Belfast. Woke. <laughs> oh, that was the one I was worried about. That was the one I was worried about. Uh, wrestling Twitter. Oh, broke. <laughs> uh, wrestling podcasts. Woke. 
wrestling in 2021? Uh, I'm going to say broke. <laughs> it is a wee bit. It is a wee bit. Uh, the Thunderdome. Woke. Woke. Okay. Thunder Rosa. Oh, woke. Definitely woke on Thunder Rosa. Uh, WCW Thunder. Woke. NXT UK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, woke. Woke. Good. I was hoping you would say that because obviously you had you had a, a short spell there uh, the, the other year there. How was how was that experience for you being over the the, the UK Performance Centre then? and getting to, to showcase uh, with uh, Via Ripley? It, it was incredible. Honestly, I, I was I was treated so well. I was treated like a queen by, you know, the the colleagues, wrestlers and the staff as well. It's just, it, 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 the performance center is like a, a playground for wrestlers. It's just absolutely unbelievable. And working with Rhea, honestly, heart of gold just an absolute sweetheart you know she is someone that you know when you first meet her you're kind of intimidated just because of the character you, she portrays mm -hmm. but she's so grounded she's just she's really got a head on her shoulders and uh, I have to say she was extremely helpful and really looked out for me um during my period there awesome so we go from NXT UK to the seaboard of between Ireland and the UK broke <laughs> And the UK in general? Woke. You think so? <laughs> uh, UK mean, is... Huh? It's, it, it, it's broke for me. It's, this last year's... Place, I mean, the, the, I, mean it's, I suppose it depends on the aspect of, like, what in reference to... I suppose I don't want to start any wars, so uh, I'm going to say woke. <laughs> no problem, no problem. Uh, cats. Woke. Yep. You, you, is it two two kittens, two cats that, that you have at the moment? Two cats, Vivian and George. Vivian and George, lovely. My cat Nico is cutting about in here somewhere. Uh, he was clawing at my feet about 20 minutes ago. But <laughs> it's a tabby, one of them's a wee tabby, isn't it? Yeah. We, we took Nico to get uh, his neutering uh, the other week there. Uh, and the vet let us in on a wee thing that all tabbies have got an M shape on the forehead so if you if you look at uh george or vivian whichever one it is next time he's got a wee, he'll have a wee v a wee m on his forehead and apparently that's because if you're christian uh there was a cat in the stable when mary gave birth to the baby jesus and the m stands for mary or if you as the vet put it if you kick with the other foot apparently the prophet muhammad really loved cats so all tabby cats have got an m on the forehead. Oh. So so there, there's a wee bit of education for you. So from cats to cats that have got their own Instagram accounts. Um, I suppose I'm guilty of it, woke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cat or Miss Kitty giving teenagers a coming of age moment at Royal Rumble 2000. Woke. <laughs> woke. I'm sure there are a lot of listeners will agree with you on that one. Uh, living through lockdown, is that woke or is that broke? Broke. Yep. Uh, living Colours, Cult of Personality. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, woke. I don't know. Woke. It's CM Punk's theme tune. You can't not be jazzed by, by that. Uh, living with Justy. 
broke. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> joke, 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 woke. Okay, uh, instant coffee. Oh, broke. Costa coffee. You know what? I've changed my mind. I'm going to say broke. Um, I the only option I have here is Costa, and um, I don't know if it's just you know I I'm catching these baristas on the on a bad day. But the last couple of times I've had coffee there, it's been absolutely rank. So I'm going to say broke. Maybe maybe they just know that you're such a coffee aficionado. Now they're panicking about making a good one and ultimately making a bad one for you. <laughs> uh, Tom, cost of coffee to the cost of living in Dublin City. Oh, broke. I, I saw a thing the other day. It was uh, a whole room to let that had a, a cooker at the end of the bed for, I think it was €1,300 a month. Just yeah. mad. Absolutely. I, I was I, I was paying more living in Dublin than I was living in Brooklyn in New York. It's wow. on it's insane. Insane. Definitely broke then. Uh, yeah. future WWE Hall of Famer Eric Bischoff. Woke. Woke. Okay. Uh, television Hall of Famer and neighbours superstar Harold Bishop. Broke. <laughs> and the superstar of all biscuits, Lotus Biscoff. Woke. I have an issue with uh, Lotus at the moment. Oh? They need to just stick to what they do best and do the biscuits. We don't need the spread. We don't need the ones with the cream in the middle. We don't need the chocolate-covered ones. We don't need cheesecakes of it. We just need the Lotus Biscuits. No, you need the lotus biscuits with the biscoff spread, and then you just yeah, and then you put them together and make a, a like a extremely large biscuit. I think I think the best thing about biscoff is actually the spread, and it's it's actually getting to be a problem. Like I actually I I had it on my um, Amazon wish list, and people <laughs> kept buying it, and it was actually beyond a joke the amount of jars I had in the press. But um, oh, biscoff spread is like. It's like crack. It's addictive. It's all. Oh, it's unbelievable. It, it was. You can make some really good, uh, healthy pancakes using it. Uh, yeah. I, I've been using the, the pinch of norm. Horrible name for a book. Horrible name. But uh, <laughs> the the weekend breakfast breakfast we've been having, uh, it's been uh, lotus biscoff pancakes. So you get your oats. Oh. You get the biscoff. One egg. Boom. Delicious. Nice. But I'm I'm in agreement with uh, with Justy that the spread does taste like someone's chewed up biscuit and spat it in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll go on to the next one. Uh, Val Venus. Is he woke broke. or is he broke? Broke. Okay. Uh, Valerie by Amy Winehouse. Oh. And Mark Bonson. Broke. I just, I hate the song. I hate it. The Zootons version much better. Uh, Valkyrie. Aoife Valkyrie. Woke or broke? <laughs> woke. Uh, catching COVID. Uh, broke. I'm in agreement there. Catch is catch can. <laughs> um, woke. Woke. And, uh, fact, I don't know if I should ask that one actually after such a, a heartwarming answer that you gave to me earlier on. Uh, not catching Katie Harvey jumping off the turnbuckle and potentially costing her her spot in NXT UK trial to get Aoife signed and you a squash match with Ia Ripley. She kind of took one for the team. <laughs> um, Your words, not my words, not my. <laughs> <laughs> I just say broke. It was terrible. It was terrible. 
It was. And obviously, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of wrestling podcasts. I love hearing Katie on the Low Blows podcast every week as well. So uh, I'm glad that she's, you know, still on there. She's fighting fit. She's got her arms back. And I'm sure that, like you, uh, once we can get back to wrestling, uh, you'll be first in line to, to go elbow to elbow with her on the thing. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, we'll end it there. I've managed to go a full 40 minutes without offending you too much, uh, which has been a, a blessing uh, on here. It's been great chatting with you, Debbie. Uh, thank you very much uh, for uh, for coming on. Is there anything you would like to plug before we, we finish up? Um, I have some merchandise coming out um, on Monday, March 29th, and that can be purchased at debbiecartel.bigcartel.com. And if you follow me on Twitter, it's at debbiecartel. I post everything there, or on Instagram, the underscore debbie underscore cartel. Um, that's Instagram. Yep. Magic. Well, you've been Debbie Cartel. I've been Kurt Cooper, and tonight we've been hitting the headlines. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. <laughs>